0: We are in Luke chapter 1. We are focusing on our uh, Christmas series, our Advent series. If you have a more traditional background, you would understand it as Advent. Um, and so we're kind of focusing on the text of Advent more than, more than the traditions of Advent. We believe that traditions are great, wonderful. I've got traditions. We open our presents on Christmas morning. We... Have a candlelight service here on Christmas Eve. These are traditions that you do year in and year out. Um, but the foundation of what we believe is that traditions can't transform people's lives. It's the text and the truth of Christ that transforms life. And so we're really wanting to nail down on: okay, what does the Bible say? Not not what does my tradition say? What does the Bible say about the coming of Christ into the world? And so. There's no more comprehensive place to go than Luke chapters 1 and 2. Now, I started to write this sermon, and I wrote it, and prayed over it, and do what I do, for better or for worse. Amen? And you write the thing, you pray over it, you prepare, say, I'm going to get up in front of people and probably make a fool out of myself again, again, again. Um, and as I was looking at it last night, I was like, man, I, it's just too long. This sermon is just too long. I'm either going to spend too much time on this text and that'll ruin it, or I'm going to spend too little time on, on the various points. And so what I'm going to do really for the next few weeks is just focus on the announcement of Gabriel to Mary. And, and, and the angel Gabriel coming to Mary saying, hey, listen, you are going to bring into the world the Savior of the world. And then on Christmas Eve at our candlelight service, I'll go to the shepherds and the birth of Jesus. But I think what I want to focus on is on Gabriel's announcement to Mary. And I want to jump in real quick today and just uh, get going. And I want to jump to the end of our passage, Gabriel has told Mary, you are going to bring the Savior of the world into the world. And Mary's response in Luke chapter 1 verse 38 is really my focus today. Listen to what she says. Luke 1 verse 38. Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, this little verse right here, I mean, you are like, we are putting our finger on a little verse in the Bible that might be one of the greatest statements of obedience from anybody in the Bible ever. This statement of obedience from Mary, she says to Gabriel, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. May it, let it be to me according to your word. That is a statement of obedience, And what I want to focus on for the next, like, three weeks, and if necessary for my life, maybe the next 10 weeks, I want to focus on this topic of obedience to God. You're like, wait a minute. No, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about obedience to God for the next three weeks. That sounds challenging and convicting, like the church down the streets talking about joy from the Lord, or you know, the other church, my grandmother's church is talking about peace from the Lord, or my my, 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 my great grandparents' church, they're talking about hope from the Lord. What why are we gonna talk about obedience from the Lord? And that's because we are mighty. No, I'm joking. No, the reason why we're talking about obedience is because at the end of the day. What God is working in our lives is He's working obedience to His will. And that the outcome of obedience, that that, that the outcome of obedience and the foundation of obedience is, is joy and love and peace and hope. You know, God said over and over again in the Old Testament, I desire obedience more than sacrifice. And I want to be a man who obeys God, even though I know that his plan might be the hardest. It is the best plan for my life. God's plan for my life is the best. And I want to be obedient to God. And what I found out in my life is that, you know what, my plan for my life, it never works. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? It never works. God's plan, even though it's the hardest, it's the best. Obedience. I want God's will in my life. My whole life comes down to my obedience to God. My family comes down to obedience to God. My ministry comes down to obedience to God. My friendships come down to whether I'm obedient to God. If I end up walking in diso- disobedience, you know what the, what the cost to my life is? I lose everything. I lose my influence, I lose my family, I lose my ministry, I lose my church, I lose my, my, my impact in this world. If I am a disobedient person to the plan of God for my life, and if I choose my plan over God's plan, it will destroy my life. I want to be, no matter how hard it is of a topic, I want to talk about this. Because I want God's will for my life, I want God's plan God has a vision of virtue that he wants me to walk in. He wants me to walk in purity. God wants me to walk in generosity. God wants me to walk in faithfulness. God wants to create in me by grace in his Holy Spirit because of Christ. He wants to conform me to the image of Jesus. He wants me to look like Mary, not like, I mean, I'm still masculine. Can I get an amen? He wants me to be the kind of man who's like Mary here. May it be to me according to your word. I am a servant of the Lord. Gabriel, you want to come and tell me that that God wants to send me to India? Okay, may it be to me according to, to your word. God, you want to come to me and say that that making sacrifices in my life so that I can have great relationships is necessary may be to me according to your word. I am a servant of the Lord. Obedience. Obedience. Now, the good news is this. Augustine said it best. Augustine said this, God, command what you will, but will what you command. And here's the good news. Man, we're about to preach now because everything that God tells us to do in obedience, he provides the grace and the power to get it done. Can I get a hallelujah? In other words, there's an obedience to God that doesn't have to be self-originating. There's an obedience to God that does not have to be uh, about my own efforts or my own strength. There's an obedience to God, like Mary's, that, that, that can be the result of God empowering me to be obedient. The good news of the message of the advent of Christ is that Christ has come into the world to empower us to do the will of God. That's why Mary is so important. And by the way, I think, and I'm not trying to upset anybody. I'm really not. Everybody say not. Not. Not trying to upset anybody. And we all come from different backgrounds and traditions. And you got families and mamas and grandmas and things like that. But your theology of Mary is important. And the reason why Mary is important is because you can look at her in two different ways. Either you can look at Mary as the mediator of grace. Get it? The mediator of grace. Get it like you receive grace through Mary. Or you can look at Mary as the example of God's grace in a person's life. Do you see the difference? So we're Protestant. So we don't believe that, you can be, that, that grace can be mediated to us through Mary. We believe Mary is an example of all believers where God meets us not based on our merit, but based on God's choice. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? That, ooh, I'm, fi- I'm more fired up. Second service, first service. I wonder why. You must need this. Anyways, God chooses us before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. God works in us by grace to be his workmanship. Mary is not a mediator of grace. Mary is an example of God's grace. Therefore, we come to Mary not to get grace, but we come to Mary to look at her and say, this is how God is going to work in my life. God put Jesus in her life. God's going to put Jesus in your life. God overshadowed her by the Holy Spirit. God's going to overshadow you by the Holy Spirit. God's going to call her to bring Jesus to the world. God's going to call you to bring Jesus to the world. You and I are an example of what God does in our life. And Mary is our example of how God works in our life. So we can freely, with our interpretation of Mary... We can say, how does God empower me to obedience the same way he empowered Mary to say, I am a servant of the Lord. I am a servant of the Lord. What did God give to her? What did God do in her life so that this teenage girl who had absolutely no reason to follow God in her life How did God work in this teenage girl's life so that she would be obedient to God? And that's what we're going to talk about. There's four things, and I'm only going to give you one today. Everybody say one. There's four things that God's going to give to you so that you can become obedient to him. The first thing God gives to you is he gives to you messengers. Say, I want to be obedient to God. Check your messengers. Who are the messengers in your life? Because that will determine, in many cases, whether you're obedient to God or whether you're disobedient to God, whether you're a servant of God or whether you're a rebellious or a, a, a rebel wa- running from God. Let's look at the messenger. Why was Mary obedient? Well, because of the messenger. Look at the messenger in verse 26. Let's read it. Luke 1, verse 26. This great classic text of the Advent. The Advent, verse 26, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Nazareth, by the way, it's a nothing town, man. There's nothing happening in Nazareth. Later on, it's like, can anything good come out of Nazareth? The answer was no. Everybody looked at Nazareth and said, that's a bow dunk, hick town. There's like nothing there except for a teenage girl. And Gabriel shows up. Pretty cool. Verse 27. He shows up to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be no end. We'll stop there for now. Now. I say, how did Mary get empowered and inspired to, to, to follow God? Well, Gabriel's a pretty darn good reason. Can I get an amen? I mean, if Gabriel shows up in your room, you're going to want to start following God immediately. In fact, sometimes I just need Gabriel to show up. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Gabriel, Gabriel, and Gabriel's an angel. Now, let me talk to you about angels for a moment. Angels. The word angel means messenger. That's what it means. And Gabriel is one of the most powerful, um, famous angels in all of the Bible. In fact, only two angels in the Bible are given names. One is Gabriel. The other is Michael. And they're both recorded in the book of Daniel. So in the book of Daniel, Gabriel shows up. Michael shows up. Now, there's lots of angels in the Bible, but they're never named. So you got cherubim and seraphim and cherubs and there's all kinds of stuff. And and then usually there's kind of a picture of a hierarchy of angels. But uppermost in that hierarchy of angels, it appears that Michael and Gabriel are two of them. Now the job of angels in the Bible is pretty cool. Because angels always pronounce the plan of God. They celebrate and proclaim the glory of God. And when God's plan is fulfilled, they celebrate God's plan. In fact, the book of Revelation is one of the great, great books in the Bible on angels because a lot of angels are spend time just saying, God, your judgments have come. God, your plan has been fulfilled. God, you are awesome. And so they proclaim the majesty of God and the plan of God and the fulfillment of the purposes of God. In this situation, Gabriel is announcing to Mary God's plan for her life. Now what's interesting about the Bible is not only do you have angels, but you have fallen angels. They are called demons. And demons are the angels that fell with Lucifer... When Lucifer came down In fact the third named angel In the Bible technically is Lucifer But we don't call him a named angel Because he's not an angel He's now Satan He's like demonic now And so he fell And demons fell with him And so what demons do Is they celebrate They represent They bring the messages of darkness And evil They bring satanic ideas That's what demons do Is they influence people for darkness Whereas angels and messengers from god influence people for god's plan and god's worship messengers now this spiritual reality this spiritual realm is a great picture for how our physical and our practical and our historic life operates because the way god made us now watch this the way god made us is god made us to be influenced by messengers The point is that God always, typically, when he comes to us and speaks to us and says, this is my will, he comes through messengers, whether it's prophets or priests, whether it's kings, whether it's preachers, can I get an amen, whether whether it's the word of God, you got the prophets and the apostles, and God always speaks to us through messengers, point for you and I what we have to remember is this is that you and I don't have too many we think we do but we don't we think we do but we don't we do not have too many self-originating thoughts Now we're capable of great self-deception we think we have self-originating thoughts we think that we're creating our own plan out of our own mind for our own opinion and our own thoughts and our own ideas but the truth of the matter is is that you are a created being not a creator. You say, but I'm artistic and I like finger paint. Okay, you might be artistic, but you're not a creator. You're the created. And created people made in the image of God were made to be shaped. Our thoughts are made to be shaped by messengers. And messengers, no matter what your intentions are for God, no matter how much you say, I love Jesus, I want to follow God, I want to do good things in my life, I want to be obedient to God, if you don't have the right messengers in your life, you will fall away from God because you are under the influence. You are teachable all the time. There are parents of teenagers who say, well, my teenager is not teachable. My teenager just sits around and plays video games all the time and they act like that they don't want to learn anything. No, 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 no. That video game is teaching them things. Can I get an amen? When they go on social media, they're being taught things. They got teachers and preachers in their life. They got messengers in their life. The interesting thing about Mary is that God comes to her through Gabriel in such a way to where it appears she has a decision. I mean, God is sovereign. God can do what he wants. He can make us robots. He could come into my life and just say, you will be obedient. I'll be like, I will be obedient. I will do God's will. He could have come into Mary's life and she could have just come under some kind of like gaze and just gone, I will bring the Savior of the world into the world. But he doesn't do that. He brings Gabriel. Gabriel makes this announcement. And God gives her the opportunity not to comply to his plan, but to commit to his plan. Therefore, she has to make a volunteer decision. I will obey the messenger of God. And the question for us is do we have messengers in our life that are from God? And are we, listen, is our heart well? I guess I have to comply to God's will. I guess I have to obey. Or do we say, no, no, no. I'm committed. I want to hear what God has to say. I want messengers in my life. I want to put myself under the messengers of God. So that I will have a desire. A desire for the duty that God has given to me. Because God has given you duties. But he doesn't want you to do those duties until you have the desire to do them. And the way to do that is to come under messengers. Beloved, can I ask you a simple question? Who are your messengers? If your messengers were suddenly lost their, their physical forms and they were just spiritual beings, would your messengers be demons? Or would they be angels? Would your messengers be representing darkness? Or would your messengers be representing darkness? truth. Do the messengers in the culture of your life represent lies or do they represent truth? Because here's the truth, and man, a lot of people don't want to admit this, but it's true. It's as true as the step I'm standing on. Your life will get no better than the messengers in your life. And if the culture of people that you have around you And the culture of of the environment of information you're taking in is broken and defeated. Guess what? You are going to be defeated. How does God change people's lives? Through messengers. How can people believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Through preachers who come and say, turn away from darkness. Turn to light. How do we become Christians? Because a preacher came and shared the gospel and said, Jesus died for your sins. He was buried. He defeated death. And the messenger says, repent and believe in Jesus for eternal life. And we hear that message and we respond to it. And we say, may it be according to your word. That's how we become a Christian and how do we take steps in obedience we continue to come under the influence and the teaching and the ideas of friends and people and community and preachers and the word of God and apostles and prophets of scripture and we say these are the messengers that my life will be directed by because I don't have a lot of self-originating ideas I am a teachable being and therefore I will be taught by those who will influence me to obey the will of God. Who are your messengers? You know, it's, a, it's kind of a question of, you know, how do you approach information? I mean, let's get real practical. Let's get real. I know we're at church, but we're going to get real. Y'all ready for real? Let's get real. Here's the practical thing: How do you approach information? Is your life just filled with information transfer? So there's a lot of good information that's not morally wrong. But if your whole life is just information transfer, like let's say, I mean, the problem with our culture is that we live in the information age. You can go, you can go learn about anything. I mean, I'll tell you my problem, my weakness is that I start like binge watching Gilmore Girls with my daughters. Can I get a Hallelujah. I just start receiving all this information and we're just sitting around and we're watching Netflix and watching Gilmore Girls, watch three episodes. And then I go on Wikipedia and I start like looking up the actors and the cast and what happened to them and what movies have they made. And now I know everything about every actor on Gilmore Girls. You can test me afterwards. (laughs) I'm tempted to give money to Wikipedia because I'm always looking up stuff on Wikipedia. How many of y'all like that? My life can be just about information transfer sometimes I need to just focus on information that will lead to transformation. I need to learn for purposes that God's put into my life. God has organized all information in the world under two categories. There's common grace information, that's like how the world operates, how things create, learning things for your job, learning things to get better at what you do in your business, learning common grace, being trained and mentored by people who are gonna help you to, to max out on your job and, and what you're called to do. So there's common grace information. So that's that's coming under common grace messengers, which is a great thing to do to glorify God. You don't have to be a Christian, you don't have to know God, you don't have to be born again to grow in information that will make you better at your job better at relationships and the whole thing but then there's special grace information information from God that's based on scripture that leads to our salvation and our sanctification and our being made holy and it's important that we put ourselves under information that will lead to transformation you see I I want to do God's will Even though I know it might not be the easiest, God's plan for my life is the best. And what I got to do is place myself under information that's going to help me and it's it's not that you can't go to pop culture or go on social media and just get mindless information but you got to budget that time and make sure you're doing it for a purpose maybe hanging out maybe in community but you got to turn that off and make sure that you're growing and being shaped by information that's going to help you grow as a person We have to come under messengers that will help us to glorify God in all that we do. Mary chose, even though it was not the easiest, she chose to respond to the messenger of God. And think about it. There was a lot riding on this. She had to go back to her village. She had to tell her village, you know, I'm pregnant. And her village was going to say, but you're not married. Yeah, that's okay. I'm still a virgin. It's because of like this miracle of God. And her village was going to go, oh, okay. She had to go to her fiance, Joseph, and say, Joseph, I, I know we're engaged and we haven't consummated our marriage. By the way, my favorite part for my four daughters, they hadn't consummated their marriage. Can I get an amen? They hadn't been married, so they hadn't had sex yet. Can I get a hallelujah? And so, Anyway, sorry. Joseph, I... I know we're only engaged and not married yet, but I'm pregnant. She knew her community wouldn't believe her. She knew maybe her fiance wouldn't believe her. She knew that that her friends wouldn't believe her. She, She was this teenage girl. Can you imagine being a teenage girl under this pressure of what God's doing It's gonna make her life much more difficult? And yet she chose To be influenced by the messenger that God had given to her. And even though God's plan is not the easiest, God's plan is always the best. God's view of sexuality is the best. God's view of money is the best. God's view of how people relate together according to creation is best because he's the creator. It's not always the easiest, but it's always the best. And the only way you can walk in the very best plan for God's will for your life is to make sure you're putting yourself under the messengers that God gives to you for your life. Can I ask you some practical questions just real quick? Number one, if you were to do inventory of the primary messengers in your life that influence you, who and where do you get that information? What's the number one or maybe the number top three sources of information and messengers that influence your day, your week, your mood, your direction in your life? because if if it's if it's out of proportion if you're getting messages from people or things that aren't representing anything that's helpful to you it might be time to cut some of that stuff out it might mean that you fast from Social media for three days to get your head on right again. Can I get an amen? Might mean you're not wasting as much time kind of just getting information transfer. Maybe you, you replace that time with reading a book. Maybe, maybe you get some scripture, some Bible reading time in your week in the morning as opposed to always pulling out the phone. I, I've got a, like a tick right now. I've got a new iPhone. Can I get an amen? And I've got this tick. I keep wanting to pull it out. I got this little itch to pull it out and look at it in the morning. I got to put it in the other room so that all I have in front of me is coffee and a Bible and my beautiful bride. Sometimes you got to give up things you love to experience the people and the things in your life that you love more. Sometimes you got to give up things that you like so that you can experience the things that are more important than the things you like. Your life is not about what you have and what others say about you. Your life is about, the, is about the who in your life. You got God and you got friends and you got community and fellowship. Man, ask yourself, where, where's the top three sources of information coming into my life? And maybe I need to budget my time on social media so it's like one hour a day, not six hours a day. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm, it's time for me to align myself To messengers that are going to inspire me and motivate me to love God with my whole heart and to love my neighbor as myself, to be a well balanced, proportionate human being made in the image of God, redeemed by Jesus, walking towards the purposes for my life. Your life will change for the good or for the evil. Based upon the messengers in your life. You say I don't have Gabriel. Yeah you do. You got Gabriel. He's talking to you right now. Right there in the text. He's talking to you. Say I don't have prophets in my life. Yeah you do. You got Jeremiah and Isaiah. And you got. Say I don't don't have apostles. Sure you do. You got Romans. And you got 1 Corinthians. And God speaking in this love letter to you. He's talking to you you would like, well, it's not like, it. hello, I am God. No, no, I mean, it's, I don't know why I did that, but it's opening up your heart like God's talking to me. I believe that there's a spiritual realm. I believe I'm a spiritual being. I believe that I was made to employ the Holy Spirit and to hear invisible things from God through visible words on the passage. God's given me messengers. I've got a pastor and a preacher that preaches the word and makes dumb jokes. Hallelujah. I've got, I've got friends and community. I've got a life group that prays with me. I've got a I got community group that, that speaks into my life and encourages me when I'm down. I was with the life group just this last week. We were encouraging somebody. We were encouraging one another. We were praying in the, in the real grit and mess of life. We were praying together because, because we're under the messengers of God. and We're doing real life and hearing real words that matter to where I'm at today. Who are your messengers? And hmm. do you have the ultimate message? You know what the ultimate message is. That you're loved. God loves you. And God didn't send Jesus into the world for faithful people. You know what? He sent Jesus into the world for those who can't be faithful. God didn't send Jesus into the world for obedient people. God sent Jesus into the world to those who have disobeyed God. And Jesus was born in a cave to die on a cross to defeat death so that we could receive the Holy Spirit and be empowered to follow God in a fallen world. Let me be your messenger on that point. Believe in Jesus and follow him with your life. So you got one or two visions to choose for your life every single day. And so do I. I've got, I have got, I got one or two visions I can choose every single day for my life. One vision for my life is the vision of God change your will. God change your will so that I can do my will and my plan. God change your plan so I can do my plan. God bless my plan. And I'm not going to listen to you God unless you bless my plan. This is my plan. Bless it. I am an American, so you are to serve me. That's one vision. And I'm tempted by this vision because I am as American as you can get. God, guns and guts made America free. Hallelujah. I love America. And I'm influenced by America. And I'm tempted by this vision that God will do my plan that God will be obedient to my will that he will be a servant to my word or the other vision of life is God your will be done your will be done that's Mary your will be done Let it be to me according to your word. I am a servant of the Lord. God, I exist for divine purposes. God, I'm going to go out into this dark world and be light. God, I'm going to go out into this world that needs healing and be a healer. God, I'm going to be the rescuer in a world that needs to be rescued. I'm going to be courageous in a world that needs courage for you. I will be your vessel to bring Jesus into the world. Your will be done, Lord empower me and i will put myself under your message messengers i will put myself under those who will influence me to do the will the good perfect and pleasing will that you have for my life i will put myself under the messengers that will help me walk in that will amen let's pray father thank you For giving us good theology like angels and telling us about the spiritual realm. We know that what's happening in this world is not just physical and historic. It's spiritual and powerful. Great battles going on between light and darkness. And yet you're sovereign over it all and your plan will win. Thank you for giving us, Mary, not as a mediator for grace, but an example of your grace. Thank you for giving us messengers in our life that you send timely messages to us through scripture and through people and through moments and community. Help us to come under those good messages and help us to evict, to evict those messages that are contrary to your will for our life. Help us to deny a culture that would keep us from your kingdom. Help us, God, to turn from darkness and to turn to light, and especially the messengers that will represent you best. God, we we love you because you first loved us, and we do want to do your will, but we pray that with the command that you will give us the grace to be obedient. Thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.